Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Thank you for tuning in to A Greater Story with Sam Collier. We're calling this a radio podcast, a cool hybrid of talk radio and music. Real leaders, real talk, incredible stories. Wherever you are all around the globe, I want to welcome you out to A Greater Story with Sam Collier. My name is Sam Collier, and I am here right now with the trendsetter. He's a legend in the industry. Stellar awards, Grammy nominations, thousands and thousands of units sold. Diedrich Hatton is in the building, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing, man? Sam, man, you made me sound real good. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Thanks for having me on the show. It's good to be with you on A Greater Story, man. Man, I'm so excited that you're here. Listen, one of the things that we did before you came, we did an inventory on what people's favorite songs from you Oh, were. really? So introduce this first song for I'm us. I'm interested to know what songs that people really are gravitating oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. to. Oh, yeah. But this first song, we're going to do is uh, love him like I do. Hey. Uh, love him like I do. Hey. Uh, I had the honor of uh, singing with Ruben Stutter, uh, <laughs> the winner of a American Idol and, and the girls, my girls, Mary Mary. They're featured on the song also, produced by Warren Campbell, and we all had our hand in writing the song, so I got a little piece of it, amen, right. on a roll to check, right. amen. But uh, it's just a blessing, and it was great working with them. We did a music video to it. Y'all check it out. Here's Love Him Like I Do.
So one of the things that we say around here all the time, D, is that when your story connects to God's story, it leads to a greater story. Come on now. That's a revelation. You know, and so we try to have people on the show that we feel are living in their greater story. And that's you. You know, we, we talked about the Stellars. We talked about the Grammy Noms. We talked about the thousands. I mean, you, you've reached millions of people around the globe, but we know it just didn't start there. No, man, I have a story. It, so, so take us from little Diedrich up to big Diedrich. Well, I started out, I preached my first sermon when I was 11 years old. And yeah. don't ask me about the message because <laughs> it was the worst message anybody could preach. I told my mother I was called to preach. She put me right up to preach. She didn't let me study or nothing. I said, she got me a robe in the Bible, said, go on to preach. And the church, the church was packed to capacity. Little Dietrich Haddon going to preach his first sermon. Right. So I got up and sang my first song. Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. And, and, and the church went in. But now it was time for me to open the word and, right. and speak. Everything I rehearsed, everything. Thing I prayed about just went out the window. I went blank, dog. Right, right. It's the, it was the worst thing ever, man. And what made it worse, my dad was behind me saying, boy, you better say something. He right. hoped them came out right. to hear you Don't preach. Don't embarrass us. Right, right. <laughs> my mother said, you can do it, baby. Come on. Right. I, to this day, I don't know how I got off that platform. I may have blacked out or something, man. But uh, I, I'll never forget that. So I started there. Then I became, that didn't push me back. It pushed me forward. Because my friends would talk about me. They were laughing. But I said, you know what? I'm going to learn every Bible verse, everything that anybody could learn about the Word of God. And so I will never be put in that position ever again. And so uh, I became the minister of music of my church when I was 13 years old because I was really gifted to sing and, and know my notes. Soprano, I could sing really high back then, too. And uh, so I was responsible for 100 voices. Our church choir was massive. Adults, too. <laughs> so, so, you know, that was rough. No, how old were you at the time? I was 13. Oh, my 13, goodness. man. Really gifted early. Uh, so from there, I just became, you know, very involved in ministry. Was on fire for God. Winning souls out on the streets of Detroit. Doing tent revivals. Preaching from that point on. And then... Uh, and then uh, what I did what I did was I recorded my church choir. That mm -hmm. choir that I was over when I was 13, I grew, developed, became 16, 17, 18, right. and recorded that choir. Yeah. And that's how I broke into the music business. Mm -hmm. The Voices of Unity. If you look back, way back, look on iTunes and look up Dietrich Haddon and the Voices of Unity come into this house. That right. was the first project we did. And you'll see me in, at the front door open, welcoming people in to the church. Right. Yeah, that's the first that's the first album cover. Yeah. What? So how did you get from that to where you are now because one of the things that we know when we when we study your life and your story is that you've always been innovative yeah. you've always been innovative and so how do you go from that choir record to you know reaching millions of people all around the world I don't know man it's, I feel like uh, if God has given you a gift to do something it's in you you just got to let it out and you have to tap into it you know and so I just begin to tap into uh, the ability to write songs and I knew I was writing these choir songs but there was more in me I feel like I felt like I had more to say you know and that I couldn't say it with the choir oh <laughs> you know I couldn't do it too, too many voices, I, right? yeah I had other <laughs> melodies I wanted to explore I wanted to explore my voice yeah. in different ranges and different things like that and I was limited with the choir so I just pushed pushed forward and kept going you know and and wouldn't let anything stop me from exploring uh, my abilities so that's how I'm here now and with uh, solo records under my belt and choir records under my belt so uh, last question I mean where, where where did the innovation come from because here's the thing we know about Diedrich okay if, if you're coming out with something it's not going to be typical Right, it may, you may have a little Prince in there. Right, little, right? little Michael Jackson, a little Stevie, in there, little Billy Ocean. Right, maybe Donnie a little Fifty Hathaway. Cent. I mean, I don't. <laughs> Fifty in there. Right, so so where did that come from? Like, were you wanting to stretch the lines and all of those things? I believe it was in my DNA. You know, my dad was my biological father was very musical, but he would do churches mm -hmm. and he would do clubs. Mm -hmm. you know, so mm -hmm. and he was just an all around guy, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, so it was in my DNA. But my stepfather, Bishop Haddon, he raised me since I was two and he could play every instrument. So God just blessed me with musical, you know, just music in yeah. my blood and yeah. music around me. Yeah. And so uh, shout out to Bishop Haddon. Love you so much. Yeah. I, I don't call him my stepfather. He's my father. We ch I changed my last name to Haddon. Well, we see. Right. <laughs> when we came of age because we wanted to honor him. Mm. And, and in the school, I was Dietrich Troop. 
but at in the church world I was had kids it was nine of us right so he had four kids my mother had three and they got married and had two and he raised us like the Brady Bunch right. yeah, for real in the house and we were all together and so uh, that's how I de- became Dietrich Hatton you know man uh, so I, I would say just him he's Bishop Hatton is very innovative he would sing songs on the spot after mm. he preached mm. he'll sing the song of the Lord and rock the house what? I seen people yeah put crack pipes down and uh, all the cigarettes down and alcohol down guns I've seen it all mm. yeah and so he really inspired me to really go into it you know and just be all that I could be you know because he, he he wouldn't accept you being mediocre okay. <laughs> you had to be great at yes. what you do so my brother's playing the organ he's mm. a great musician my other brother he's playing the drums for everybody Rihanna uh, uh, Kendrick Lamar David Haddon look him up David Haddon Gerald's producing and writing for everybody so everybody's doing great we were Gosh. pushed to the limit you know of course well, well listen we got to go to a song um, God is good Hey Right God is good Right It's one of your records All the time. When we come back I'm going to ask you about You know The relationship between The secular and the sacred world Oh I would love you to know, talk about that What does that look like Introduce this song for us Tell us where it came from One of my favorite songs I love the song God is good It has that old school Jackson 5 feel And uh, when I heard it I just The lyrics just flow God is good all the time Check it out y'all Listen y'all
Man, so one of my favorite scriptures and passages is when Jesus comes back down and he kind of gives the disciples their marching orders. Yeah. And he's like, go and spread the gospel of the kingdom. Matthew 28, 19, 18 and 19. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And so we know that in our DNA as a Christian that we're supposed to be going out. Yes. But yet we have what some people would consider the sacred world. Yeah. And then the secular world, right? That term is loaded with baggage. Be also holy, be separated. <laughs> you can't mix the light with the darkness. Yeah. I mean, talk to us about that. I mean, what that secular sacred divide, one of the things we know about you is, you know, we, we've seen you on TV one, we've seen you on BET, we've seen you doing different things. You always toe the line in a good way and you mix those things together. What is that secular and sacred divide about? Well, first we have to understand that light serves its purpose in the midst of darkness. Wow. It only has purpose when darkness is there. Mm. And so light doesn't serve its purpose in the midst of light. So you have to be in the midst of darkness. So you can't be, you can't be afraid of the dark mm. and you can't be afraid of those that are in the dark because it's your responsibility to go and reach the loss. Mm. I mean, that is our agenda as believers. That should be your agenda. So you can't be afraid. Oh, get away from the game. Mix the two. You can't, uh, you, you can't do that. Jesus sat right down with sinners. They were very comfortable with him sharing their issues and the, the things that they were dealing with. And he was able to love them into the kingdom. Mm. The woman at the well, she, he said, you got the five. Five husbands you've had five husbands and the one you're with is not yours mm. but I'm not concerned with that I'll deal with that later let me introduce to you this love love should be our agenda all this separating and sacred and uh, against the uh, sacred and the, uh, uh, secular, secular. Right. I'm telling you man it, it's I believe that the gospel belongs in mainstream where mm. people need to hear it mm. That's where it belongs, not just in the four walls of the church. You have to evangelize. You yeah. have to go, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that's what I believe, and I'm standing on it. And that's, what, that's how I operate. So why isn't the gospel, not, not everywhere, but in a lot of places, how come it's not making it to the mainstream? What's happening in our industries? Be okay, I believe it's not making it there because it's really not designed to be there. It's not designed. The prince of the power of the air don't want it to be there. Mm. <laughs> He's already mm -hmm. made sure he cornered the market to mm -hmm. make sure the gospel won't be heard. And so even though Jesus was in the midst speaking the truth, he made sure he surrounded a bunch of false stuff to, to confuse people. But in the midst of all the confusion, all the Pharisees, Sadducees and people, there was something walking the earth that was real. Mm. His name was Jesus Christ. Mm. But the enemy was on his job to try to get all people so confused to the point where they were willing to put Jesus, the truth, on the cross. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So the secular uh, space or the mainstream is not conducive for the truth. Mm. It's for the false to succeed. And so that's why we're having a rough time breaking through. But we break through. If you keep pressing in, you'll break through because you can't stop the truth. Mm. You can't stop it. You know? how, how does the industry play into that? Um, does the industry create these walls that don't allow certain artists to get over? Or would you find, even with your, you know, with E1 now and so many different things, mm -hmm. that there are certain organizations that go, no, we, we want to take you as far as you can go. Have you experienced walls in the industry at all? Oh, absolutely. I've, I've experienced walls uh, as it pertains to promotions, uh, concert tours, really? uh, all kinds of things, man. I can sit here and tell you some real stories, right. <laughs> true stories. Mm. Um, and it, no, it doesn't necessarily come from those that are unsaved it comes from people that are within the church all Ooh. of my enemies were in church not outside of the church what every one of my enemies you know uh i didn't know i had any really <laughs> <laughs> until i fell oh come on sam come on. I, did, I really didn't know how people felt until they had the opportunity to kill me Oh, my God. We, can, we can get him while he's down now. Boom. Let's keep him locked down. You see what I'm saying? And so that's when I realized I'm looking up like, really, you and you, Judas and, and, and Peter, you going to betray me? Like, you and my boy. Like, where, where you at? What, what is, what's going on? Mm -hmm. You see, so uh, the walls, man, but we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's a spirit. It's a demonic spirit that uses people to try to stop you, mm. whether it be mainstream or even in the, within the church. Mm. So you have to under, keep that in mind and keep your assignment in the forefront and stay focused on your assignment. And if you, if you stay focused on your assignment, you will defy gravity. 
Mm. You walk, you walk on water. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? If you keep your eyes on Jesus, you'll do things that they didn't expect you to do. Mm. You were supposed to die. You were supposed to sink. Mm. But no, I'm walking on water because I'm focused mm. on my assignment. I got my eyes locked in on Jesus. With with that in mind, well done. Yes, sir. It's a great song. Thank you. I want to go to it right now. When we come back, I want to continue this conversation about the industry. We got to get into your new album. Yes. Right. That just came out. And I want you to talk to us about kind of the state of where gospel is. Talk to us about Well Done. Introduce it and we'll be back. Uh, such an amazing song. I, can, I believe this is the best song that God has ever given me. Oh, I mean, and it's the ultimate reward, right? <laughs> to hear him say, well done. Check it out, y'all. Well done. Yeah, we'll be back. I just want to make it to heaven. just want to make it in oh, oh, oh. I just want to cross the river My Lord I want to be free from sin oh, oh, oh. I just want my name written Oh Lord So Fantasia just came out with a record, right? Fantasia. And her lead single at the time was written by Ty Trebet, produced by Ty Trebet. Yes, I love and, that song. Right, it's, it's a great record. I love it. Um, that song's incredible. Yeah. You know, at one time you had 
Ruben Stutter, right? He's on Love Him Like I Do. Yes. You've got Mary Mary at one time crossing over. You've got Kirk on Secular Stations. Yeah. You've got Molly Music at one time. Molly! Right? That's my little brother. That's what I'm saying. Shout out to At one time, he's like, hey, I'm not going gospel anymore. I'm going mainstream. Well, they gave him such a hard time. Right, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) So he had to shift out. Right, and then you you got the Walls group that just came, and their new record. Shout out Walls. Shout out to y'all. And then obviously, you know, we have you. You've been everywhere. You've seen it all, right? You've got little brothers that you're mentoring. I mean, so many different things helping people transition. Talk to us about the state of gospel music. Where are we at right now? What's happening? I'm concerned about it because if we don't do something now, uh, we're going to see the extinction of gospel, the gospel music in- industry in our lifetime. And I don't want to see that. Mm-hmm. It's like we're in a house that's that's falling apart. The roof just came in, caved in. Uh, there's a fire, you know, mm-hmm. and nobody's willing to, to, to put it out. Nobody's willing to work on the house to keep the house uh, up to part. And so uh, I'm concerned about it. And, and, and my concerns are, first of all, we have not embraced these gifts that God has given us. Mm. We have not embraced their creativity, their innovativeness we've we have not celebrated that we've just celebrated one thing we want one thing and we want you to get up and we just want you to holler and sing with the anointing and that's it don't give me nothing else we don't need no shiny shoes take the shades off don't slide don't do nothing i don't need no lights and camera and action all i wanted a good old gospel song and and that's 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 good that has its place, but that's not going to win the world. That's mm. not that's not the bait for for you to go fishing in the deep. Mm. If you want to go win the loss, sometimes you have to do what it takes to put the bait on the hook to catch that particular group mm. that you're trying to win. See, first of all, we got to understand this. Okay, I may go a little deep, so no, y'all please, just bear with me. Go there. There are four dimensions of God, God-inspired music that I. This is this is my theory. Uh, first is the vertical from your heart to God's heart It's praise and worship. And that's the first thing you should do as a believer, as a as a uh, worship leader. You to give God praise. You're the air I breathe. God, I love you. You know, love you, Lord, today. Then it then it's horizontal. It's it's from the writer uh, to uh, the people of God to encourage them. Those are, uh, that are within the four walls of the church. So yes. you get songs like it's only a test. You're coming out. You're going to make it through. We you know, we fall down, but we get up. Mm-hmm. We, you know, that. That songs to encourage those that are in the four walls. Now, the third level is evangelistical, evangelistical gospel music. And so you have to reach outside of the four walls to compel people to come in. You see what I'm saying? And when you're trying to win those people, if you're trying to win a urban, hardcore gangster rapper, you got to put the urban, hardcore, hardcore. gangster beat to it and yeah. put the message in there. Mm. Then you got their attention. If you're trying to win that grunge rock group of people, you know what I'm saying? Right. You put that guitar in that. Jesus, you know. But see, but the evangelistical has been fought by the church because they, they perceive that as you trying to be like the world. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Say it again. The evangelistical has been fought by the church because they perceive that as you trying to be like the world, but really you're not. You're just being relevant to the the times. You're being relevant to the audience that you're trying to reach. Mm-hmm. It, that is it. That is all. You see what I'm saying? Why is the church doing? Why why does the church fight that? Man, we just like to fight. <laughs> you know, just like to fight. To be honest with, you. I was talking earlier today how how John the Baptist wanted to fight Jesus because he was doing something different, and we don't like some. We don't like difference. We don't like things being different. We like things to be the same way. And see, John the Baptist, he did it his way. He 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 prophesied in the in the woods, you know, right. and people were coming to the woods. Jesus went out and sat with sinners. So he was like, "Wait a minute now, is this the way?" He sent the message, saying, "Are you the one, or should I look for another?" Wait a minute, I'm the same Jesus that you baptized. Why you what's what's the matter now? <laughs> you know, you've seen the, the the dove come down. You heard the voice of God. Right. So why are you confused? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So so we just we just question and we fight things that we uh, are not familiar with. You know, but uh, you can't fight what God is doing. I love the response that Jesus gave John the Baptist. He said, "The deaf hear, uh, um, uh, the the lame uh, they, they walk, the right. dumb talk, uh, the blind see." He said, "I'm getting results. You know, there's evidence <laughs> in the ministry that I'm doing. So that's all you should be concerned about. Yeah. 
you know? And a lot of times we get so caught up in the method that God will use instead of the results. Ooh. You see what I'm saying? Like when Jesus spat on the ground and put the mud in the man's eyes. Right. You ain't supposed to do that. That's not even sanitary. Right. That ain't gonna work. Right. <laughs> It'll work. The man, he said, I can see now. Why, why, are you, why are you so concerned about the mud being in the spit? Don't worry about that. Worry I about can it. see. I can see. <laughs> wow. So you said earlier that you're concerned about yeah. the gospel. What is it going to take for you not to be concerned? Us having a conversation, you know, coming together as a team, as a body of Christ and as a team and and just really talking about it, you know, and, and understanding it. You know, the Bible says in all that getting, get understanding. Just a lot of people are misunderstood because people don't they they, they don't want to take the time to do the research or just sit down with an individual and ask Molly, like, what's your mission? What's your assignment? What has God called you to do? You see what I'm saying? How do we get behind that? How do we support? There it is. <laughs> it's just that simple. And I believe we'll see the advancement of the kingdom of God in a huge way. Yeah. Us standing together as a church. You've got a song called God Didn't Give Up. Yes, sir. We're getting ready Took to it play back. it right now, right? Yes. I love it. it. It's kind of dealing with what you talked about earlier in terms of just the complications of where we are. But introduce this song. Tell us the meaning behind it. People love it. We're going to play it. God didn't give up on me. I was in, where was I? I was in Los Angeles, California in, a, in the elevator and the song just came out of nowhere. God didn't give up on me God didn't give up on me The whole song just flowed And I believe it's a gift from God When it flows like that, it's a gift from God And I just feel like there's a lot of people who, Who's been through it And they've been cast aside And, and they, they needed that song you know, to yeah. just encourage them yeah. to know that God won't give up on you. People may give up on you. Church, religious people may give up on you, but God will never give up on you. Check the song out, y'all. It's God didn't give up on me. Yeah. About a preacher who fell from grace He begged the church for forgiveness He realized he made a mistake And some folks left the church and said He's supposed to be a man of the cloth See they forgot he was the same man That prayed for them when they were lost So glad God is not like man won't throw you away after you done wrong But I'll pick you up and dust you off And put you back where you belong God didn't give up on me I'm so glad God didn't give up on me When I gave up, he didn't let me It's easy to point the finger When the spotlight's not on you Well, and we would be surprised what we'd see If the truth come out on you And you need to show a little mercy and grace For somebody else oh, And take your foot off your brother And consider yourself I'm glad God is not Back where you belong Oh no 
friend of mine once said to me, um, you know, that there are really only two reasons why most people don't make it in full-time ministry. Mm. And he was saying that more failure. Yes. And then he was saying that they don't have the proper team to support where they're trying to go. Oh, that's really good. But he was talking about pitfalls in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would venture to say that you've been through a lot. Yeah. Right. For people that know you, people that love you. I love you. Right. That's one of the reasons I'm like, man, we got to get Dietrich on the show. It took us a while, but but I loved it. Um, but you, you, even though you've been through a lot of things, you you haven't fallen to the point to where you couldn't get back up again. To God be the glory. Right. You, you did. There was no pitfall. Oh, right. Talk to us about maybe some things you've been through and how you got back up again and how you've been able to sustain for this long in gospel. Now, that'll take up the rest of the show. (laughs) It really would because my story is deep. But go there, man. But I I firmly believe that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Mm. If that is true, that means even your your pitfalls were, were ordained by God. And it wasn't a mistake. It was all in God's plan to teach you and give you wisdom for your future. So you don't need to look at failure like it's, it's just the end of the world. It's an opportunity to extract the wisdom for your future. Yeah. Sometimes uh, you have to experience the darkness to appreciate the light. Mm-hmm. Experience the false to appreciate the truth. You see what I'm saying? So it all works together. The scripture says that all things, all things, not some things, mm-hmm. All things. You mean to tell me my mistakes? All things. He's that great. He's that bad. God is that good. Work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Now, the key thing is for the good of them that love the Lord. I love the Lord, man, with all my heart. (laughs) I really do, man. To be honest with you, I set out to be the perfect model of a gospel singer and a preacher to the point where I got married early even when I didn't have it all together because I wanted to do everything right. I'm going to get married early. I'm not going to be like all these gospel singers around here sleeping around right, and, and, and singing around, and right. drinking and doing everything. I want to be a soldier in the army of the Lord. I want people, when they look into my eyes, they look into the, the eyes of truth. Mm. When they hear my voice, they, they believe because it's the truth. And I set out on that path and I failed miserably. <laughs> It's the truth, Sam. I mean, I'm walking this. I'm, I'm doing good, doing good. All of a sudden, it's almost like somebody came and pushed me off the road. You gonna push me when I was doing good? Right. When I'm, I'm walking the straight and narrow, folks getting saved. I got my songs, and you gonna push me and off? And you gonna push me off? You see what I'm saying? Mm. But what if I told you it was the hand of God that pushed Ooh. you off? It was Him because you were lifted up. You start getting lifted up in pride, mm. arrogant, mm. self-righteous. Hey, I got it together, y'all falling I got it you know I know all the scriptures I know all this I pray more than y'all I fast more than y'all I got it together mm. so he got to push you Woo. And I say it's a beautiful fall it's a beautiful fall I say in order to really have a relationship with God everybody got to take the plunge everybody got to take the fall at some point in your life mm. a Saul you got to take the fall to become Paul <laughs> Peter you got to take the fall you got to you got to understand that it's not you before you become that apostle, you got to know that you got something in, in you. Peter, the enemy desires to sift you as wheat. But guess what? I already covered you, man. I got you covered. No, I can go ever betray you, Jesus. Yes, you are. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. When it happens, it's not the end of the world. It's a part of your growth. It's something that we, we're going to read about. Millions are going to read about it for years. It's going to bless millions of lives. It's going to be in a sacred book called the Word of God. Thousands of years later, people are going to read your story, David. But I messed up. I, I, I messed up real bad, but I anointed you when you were 12. Mm. So what make you think I didn't know you were going to mess up? Mm. I needed your whole story to be documented. So the people that will go through, they understand that it's me. They're saved by grace. Sinners saved by grace. Mm. Come on now. Mm. And it's not of your own works. It's not by power nor by might, but by God's spirit that you're able to stand strong and, and, and be who God has called you to be. But see, I, I, I really didn't understand that because I was coming from a very religious place, mm. very uh, 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 dogmatic approach to ministry. Mm. 
I, I mean, I would get up when I was preaching. I would preach everybody to hell. I sent everybody, you name it. I sent the dog to hell. I sent the birds to hell. I sent everybody. They're going to hell until I fell short. Lord, I need my tune changed. I need mercy. Lord, I'm right mercy. Now I need it. <laughs> right. But I learned my lesson, man. I learned mm. my lesson that you have to love people in whatever state they're in and don't come to conclusions on people in whatever state they're in. Because while you're coming to conclusions on them this year, next year they could be on a, on a whole nother level, laying hands, prophesying, moving forward, you know, doing the things of God. It's amazing how God can turn somebody's life around overnight. In three days, he turned Saul into Paul. In three days. But he took the fall though. He had to get knocked down off his high horse and went, went for three days. Then he went out evangelizing. So we have to be careful of that. And I'm very mindful of that now. So people say, Dietrich, you too liberal. No, I just, I just, you know, I have mercy on people. You know, I don't attack people. I don't judge people. I'm trying to make sure I'm on a straight and narrow. I'm trying to make sure I'm saving my soul first before I can say anything about anybody. Then I go and try to help my brother. You see what I'm saying? So that's my mindset, you know, and I believe in holiness. I believe it. But I believe in holiness with the help of the Lord, not in your own strength, not with your own ability. You need Jesus every step of the way, every day. You see. Talk to somebody right now who's listening, who maybe they've been knocked down yeah. by God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or even by their own works. And they're trying to get back up again. And they're trying to figure out, God, how, even though you brought me down, how do I, how do I still serve you and still run hard after you? How do I I'm get down? up after such an embarrassment? How, the shame alone is a weight. What would you say to them, man? I, I would just tell them, like, you know, your call doesn't leave you because you fell short. The anointing is still on you. The call of God is still on you. God is not wishy-washy when it comes to his, his assignment to you. You know, once he gives it to you, once he gives you that anointing, the uh, gifts and callings come without repentance. So understand God's hand is still with you. Whether you, you see, you have to continue to do and be who God has called you to be, whether you whether you're on the mountaintop or whether you hit rock bottom. Mm. When I fell short, I said, Lord, I'm done. I couldn't possibly inspire anybody ever again. Mm. They're going to laugh at me. They won't believe in me. I'm done. What could you do? When you called me when I was 10, you didn't tell me 30 years later I would deal with this. Why didn't you tell me? And God just told me, Dietrich, do you understand that this is the opportunity to win the loss? Do you think you're the first one who's done this? Who's done this? Mm. Do you think you're going to be the last? I need somebody that's willing to allow me to use them to go in the dark places and be that witness. When, when they look up at you, when the sinner man looks up at you, when the ones that's down on the ground look up at you, they say, that's him. He was down here with me, but he's back up again. Mm. I can get you up, let me Ooh. show you. Let me walk you out of this dark place into the light. You see what I'm saying? But somebody has to be willing to do that. And sometimes, one, I remember one time I was sitting in the hotel, laying in the hotel, just praying and crying, saying, Lord, I feel like I'm a guinea pig. Like, I'm like your guinea pig. You're just poking at me and always using me to be an example. And I don't want to be an example no more. It hurts. It's embarrassing. I just don't want to be that. He said, no, no, you got to be who I called you to be. I put that in you. You're bold enough to say it whenever other, when other people won't say it. You're, you're bold enough to, to live it when other people won't live it. You're bold enough to go in places where other people won't go. I, I got to use you. And when he spoke to me, I said, okay, let me just get up and dry my eyes and just keep going and, and, and be ready for the next thing the Lord's going to have me do, you know. And here you are. Yeah, to God be the glory. Sinner's Prayer. Yes, sir. Introduce this for us, man. One of my favorite songs, uh, it, it came out back in, in 01, I believe, A Sinner's Prayer, and it, and it really did well at mainstream radio. It broke through for me. One of my biggest songs, I could have been dead sleeping in my grave. True story, man. I was in L.A. at Roscoe's and some gangsters came up to me. I thought they were going to try to shoot me or something. I was scared, to be honest with yeah. you. <laughs> I said, when they were approaching me, I said, wait a minute, something going on. It's, it's L.A. You know, you got on the wrong color. Should I change my hat? Right. Change my shoes? Right, right. And then, yo, man, you Dietrich Hatton, man. I seen you the other day on BET. That's my song, man. Sinner's Prayer saved my life. Mm. When I was in the pen, it saved my life. That was the only song I could listen to. And they started singing the lyrics. 
That's when I knew, you know, it was bigger than me. A sinner's prayer. 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 really has been incredible man 
great interview. I'm enjoying myself. Man, I appreciate you taking us back and telling us the stories and giving Man, us the ins you know and outs. Get, get the best out of a brother. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking way back, mem- back down memory lane, man. Good stuff, though. Well, Good man, stuff. I'm, I'm honored that you're here. I'm sad because this is our last section. But I, I got to say, it's, it's the best section because you got a new album out. Yes, yes, right? yes. <laughs> you, your church is Hill City. Hill City. That's right? my church. That's my baby. Right. And the name of this album is Hill Worship City Camp. Worship Camp. That's right. It's my worship team from the church. You know, the church is about a year or so old. And uh, it's not easy building a church from the ground up. Somebody should have told me. My dad didn't tell me how (laughs) hard it was. You know, uh, this is not something somebody handed to me. I I don't have a building and I didn't have 500 people to go go with me and a a salary. You know, you got to build everything from the ground up. And it's it's been amazing, but it's been a challenge. Mm -hmm. And it's it's wonderful. It's wonderful, though. Yeah. So this new album, man, where did it come from? What's the goal? What do you see? What did God speak to you about this? Well, to be honest with you, I'm sitting on my piano in the living room and my wife walks in and say, you know what? You need to do a worship album. I feel like you should do a worship album. I say, please get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) You ain't prayed up. (laughs) You just talking. You don't know what the Lord is saying. She said, okay, 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 okay. Walked out. And I promise you, man, when she walked out, it was like she sold a seed. And that song, A Billion People, wow. dropped in my spirit. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that you are Lord. That's the single. That's the single. You are living legend, God of earth and heaven, you are Lord. And I saw a vision of a sea of people just lifting their hands, people as far as you can see, like a stadium full of people, uh, accepting the Lord Jesus Christ. And I came out of that vision and I artic- articulated like this. I said, I won't stop until I got a billion people saying Jesus. Mm. So that's how you got that song. And when I got it, I jumped up and ran and told my wife, you got to hear this song. You got to hear this song. And I said, I won't stop until I got a billion people saying. She looked at me and she said, I told you. So let me get out of here. Let me get back Leave to, the to the wife, right? Right? Leave it up to the wife. Leave it up to the wife. Man, we're excited about this album. Where do you hope it goes? I just want people to be blessed by it. It's our worship experience at our church. We captured it, you know, and it's, it's kind of off schedule because it's something that I wasn't planning on doing. And I just did it watch night, you know, uh, for our New Year's Eve service. And we recorded it. But when we listened back, we were like, wait a minute, this is powerful, special. So I just pushed back everything. My solo record I was going to do, I pushed it back. It's all about Hill City Worship Camp. Wow. And it's E1, right? E1 record. Shout out to E1, Nakaya. Right. <laughs> Every Omega, Carson, all the good people there, Gina, my team, they're doing it big. I love it. Well, listen, we're going to play this song. We're going to close out the show with one billion people. Pray for us and then we'll go to it. Father, I just give you praise. I thank you for my brother, uh, Sam, and everything you've called him to do and his assignment and his purpose. I thank you, Lord God, for the reach, Lord God. You're going to cause this thing to reach hearts like never before, Father. I thank you for the blessing that comes with this podcast and with this show today, Lord God. Bless people as they listen to this awesome song, A Billion People. I pray that it will ignite their witness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to A Greater Story with Sam Collier and Diedrich Haddon. Yes, sir. This is his new single. True, true, true.
been listening to A Greater Story with your host, Sam Collier. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. A Greater Story with your host, Sam Collier. Distributed by American Urban Radio Networks. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.